0: Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Travis, for ministry in music. The last few months, been discussing the book of Mark, going through the gospel of Mark. This morning and the next few weeks, decided to deviate somewhat from Mark and discuss freedom in Christ. And the reason I'm discussing freedom in Christ is because Mark's gospel presents Christ who brought freedom. And that stands in contrast to the Pharisees and other religious leaders who brought bondage. And you will find that Christ brings freedom from demons, as we discussed in Mark 1. Freedom from physical illnesses and disease in Mark 1. Mark 2, freedom from sin in Mark 2. He was also free to eat with tax collectors and sinners, and the religious people did not want to do that. And he had freedom in preaching and teaching. And We also found in Mark 1 that Christ is a new patch. He's new wine. He's new wineskins. He's Lord of the Sabbath. And we want to see some of that freedom and what it looks like in Christ. And I desire for our local church just to simply understand and live in freedom rather than Slavery. I have a pair of glasses that I gave up wearing about two months ago when I finally adjusted to my new ones. Are these glasses free to be used to pound a nail? Can I use a pair of glasses to pound a nail? Pardon? Can try. What's going to happen to the glasses? They're going to break and they cease to be free. Here I have a little boat, you know, and thing behind it, our kids played with this when they were younger, and our grandkids, if they're at the house overnight, they play with it. Is this boat free setting on the table? No, because it was designed for water. have a little train here. Just one of the cars. Ruthanne couldn't find the other ones. Is the car free now? The car is free now. Is the car free now? It's a marked difference because a car was designed for the track. What is freedom? What is freedom in Christ? As I thought about this and as I consider the book of Mark, time and time again, I came back to the fact that I have to go back to Genesis. to Go back to Genesis 1. If we're going to understand freedom in Christ, if we go back to Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3. What is freedom? I'm going to give a definition of what I consider freedom as being. Freedom is living joyfully, contentedly, with God's blessing, from desire within the design, structure, pattern, which God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, created for you as a child of God. Whether it be a son or daughter of God, that's freedom. Living joyfully, contentedly, with God's blessing, from desire, not duty. According to the design, the structure, the pattern which God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit created for you as a child of God. And that may be as a man. As a husband, as a father, a man, a woman, a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, a citizen, an employee, a child, a member of the body of Christ, as a friend, as an alien in the world, as an ambassador of the world. It's Freedom is living according to God's designed structure from desire in all of life. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to pick up with verse 20. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 20. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. Now, notice in verse 20 let the waters teem with living creatures. Let the waters teem with living creatures. You go to a lake with a net. And you catch a bunch of fish, and you say, I'm going to free these fish from the water, and I'm going to put them on the land. They cease to be free because God designed them to live in water. They're free when they live according to God's design. The birds of the air, He gave them the freedom to fly. They were designed to fly. And there's something else that he brings out at the end of, towards the end of verse 21, according to its kind. See, God designed fish. Fish cannot crossbreed with birds. It's according to their kind, their structure, their design. There's a pattern that is followed. Very, very significant. Go over to chapter 1 and verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves along the ground. Now here again we see... Structure, a pattern, and a design. Let us make man in our image. Male and female are created in God's image. To do what? To rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. When are man and woman free? When they're ruling over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the livestock, and so on. there's structure, there's a pattern to be followed. Look at chapter 2 and verse 15. The man, then the Lord God took the man, referring to Adam here, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the Tree of knowledge, good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Here again we see design, we see structure. Adam was to care for the garden, but he was not to eat from the tree of knowledge, good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Pattern, structure, to be followed. So when were Adam and Eve free? When they took care of the garden, when they ruled over the fish of the sea and over the other animals and they reproduced. That's when they were free. Because that was their design. Let's go to Exodus chapter 20. Years later, God pursues Abraham. And we know that from Abraham came the nation of Israel. And God desired a relationship with the nation of Israel. And he gave them some guidelines as to how they were to live. Look in Exodus 20. And God spoke all these words. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. By the way, part of Israel's slavery was that they apparently could not Honor the Sabbath day, rest one out of seven. They were not free. That was part of their lack of freedom. They couldn't function according to God's design. But it goes far beyond that. He says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I... The Lord your God, I'm a jealous God, punishing to the, the children for the sins sin of the father to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to thousand to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for anyone who does not, or for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Verses eight through eleven. The Sabbath day is to be honored. Verse 12, honor your father and your mother, and so on. Now you say God is really not very nice giving these ten laws or commandments to Israel. That's restrictive. They don't have their freedom. They were designed to live in relationship with God, and they need these laws in a broken, fallen world, to live in relationship with God and to live in relationship with other humans. Notice what is said in verse 12. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. A child ceases to be free when he does not honor mom and dad. I have observed kids for some 60 years, and those that are most discontent are those that don't honor, respect, and obey mom and dad. They're not free because children were designed to honor, obey, and respect mom and dad. That's their design. So God says to Israel, honor your father and your mother. And that doesn't stop when I turn 18. I still need to honor mom and dad. My mother's still living. I still need to honor her and respect her. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. What happens in a culture where there's murder, where there's adultery, where there's stealing, and there's false testimony? You have a Haiti. You have a Ghana, West Africa. In any family or nation where there is not certain guidelines for interpersonal relationships, there's a lack of freedom. In Psalm 1, before we go to Psalm 1, in Deuteronomy Chapter 28, we won't turn there, but you find in Deuteronomy chapter 28, the Lord says to Israel, Here's the blessings that I will give you if you obey my commandments. Why can He bless them? Because they're living in freedom, the design that God gave for them. If you want to follow along, look at Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Blessed, contented, is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked and so on, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. What is the law of the Lord doing? The law of the Lord is giving freedom, enabling him to live in the design that God created them to live in. So freedom is living joyfully, contentedly with God's blessing from desire, within the desire structure pattern which God, Christ, the Holy Spirit created for us to live in as a man or a woman, a husband, a father, as a member of the body of Christ, friend, and so on. Then we looked at some of those scriptures. The designer, the designer determines the design, structure, or pattern, so that there can be freedom for the person, the item, or the object. Something is free only as it functions within its design. That's why Christ had to come to bring freedom, because Adam brought death. Christ came and he brought freedom. And we'll discuss that more next week. But stop and think about an automobile and when an automobile is free. For you guys... How many of you put sugar in your gas tank? The automobile was not designed to run on sugar. You send it to the mechanic and you say, please, mechanic, this time, when you change the oil, I would like for you to put water in place of oil in the engine. And rather than putting coolant in the radiator, I would like for you to put some stones in. You don't do that. Because the car was designed to run on gasoline, or if you have a diesel on diesel fuel, with water or a coolant in the cooling system, with oil in the engine. That's when the car is free. Otherwise, it's not free. When were Adam and Eve free? When they were living in relationship with God and with one another according to God's design, ruling over earth, ruling over the animals, and so on. When is the universe free? When they're functioning according to their design. A fish is not free laying on the table up here. You can take an elephant, if someone's willing to do that. Take him out on a boat and throw him in the middle of the ocean. The elephant ceases to be free. Because they're not living according to their design. In marriage, God designed marriage for a husband to love, to lead, to teach, to nurture. He designed a wife to help, complement to follow leadership. There's freedom when you fulfill those roles within the marriage. Civil government, when is civil government free? When they're doing what they're called to do. When is a citizen free? When they honor or rather obey and submit to the authority and pay their taxes. Oh, I hate our government, I don't like the way it is. It's gotta change. You just moved into slavery. Because freedom as a citizen is submitting to the government, whether you like it or not, and paying taxes, Romans 3, 1 Peter chapter 2 and 3. Well, you say, I don't like the way our government is. I didn't say you did. Or didn't. But Paul says in Romans 13, writing to those who are under an oppressive government, Submit to those in authority over you. Pay your taxes. That's freedom within that culture, within the body of Christ. We're free as we depend upon one another. We need one another. I can't function as an island. I'm not free when I try to do my own thing. I go into bondage. Freedom, as we have been describing... Brings responsibility to live within God's, Christ, and the Holy Spirit's design, structure, and pattern. We tend to fear freedom because it looks like we're surrendering control. That is, we're no longer at the helm. We are slow to realize freedom allows God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, to be at the helm. We let him work in his time and in his way. Now I want to give a couple examples of moving from freedom into slavery. I'm a husband, married to Ruth Ann, almost, well, going on 40 years. Now, Ruth Ann's the cream of the crop. She always follows my leadership. She's always the perfect companion. She always submits to me. Right? We know that's not true because she's human like I'm human. So I can be thinking of certain things about Ruth Ann. If she would just submit to me, I need to get her in line here. If she'd really be a companion to me and share with me the way I want and be the kind of companion, I'll try to get her to do that. I'm I'm in bondage now. I'm in slavery because I'm taking Ruth Ann's responsibility on myself. I've not been called to make her be a companion or to submit to me. I've been called to love her, to lead her, to be her head. Well, you say she might never submit. She might never be a companion and really follow you. That's not my responsibility. Well, what if she never does? That's not my responsibility. I'm free when I love and I lead and I accept her where she is. If I try to change her, I move into slavery. Now let's go the other way. Since I'm the perfect husband always loves and leads and cares for my wife and nurtures her perfectly. She don't have any issues with me. You know better. So Ruth Ann can be thinking, boy, if I could just get Dan to love me a little more. If I could get him to really lead the way I think a man should lead. She's now moved into slavery because she has not been called to get me to lead She's not being called to get me to love her. That's not her calling. She's designed to be a companion, to be a helper. Stop with that. That's freedom. Now let's take that freedom to parents. How many of us as parents try to get our kids to obey? Oh, I've got to get my kids to obey. I've got to make them listen to me. Where in Scripture does it tell you as a parent to make your kids obey you? You as a parent are called, particularly you dads, are called to teach and to train them in the admonition of the Lord. That involves discipline. That involves correction. But you were not called to make them obey. Oh, my kids are bad. They're not listening. They're not obeying. What can I do? You're a slave. So you sit down with your child and you go through with them. They've disobeyed. And you say, here's what Scripture says. You know, you're designed to obey me, to respect me, to honor me. I'm designed to teach you, to correct you, to train you. I can't make you obey me. That's a choice you have to make. But if you don't obey, I just want you to know that you're in slavery. You're not free. See, that's freeing because we're living according to our design. Oh, my kids might embarrass me. Join the crowd. We embarrass God at times, don't we? Do you ever notice That God gives us freedom as his children to disobey. Where was God when Adam and Eve did their thing in the garden? I think he was there observing. Where was God when Abraham shacked up with Hagar? There. See, part of freedom is allowing free will. An employee goes to work and doesn't like the, what the employer is doing and on and on. What's the employee called to do? Work hard as to God. Leave it rest at that. That's when they're free. I'll give you an example. I may have shared this in the past. When we lived in Chattanooga, I worked for a Eckerd's Drugstore for a period of time. And I was the grunt, you know, he did all the dirty work. One day my boss said to me, Dan, <clears throat> there's some things that thro- got thrown into the dumpster that weren't supposed to be thrown in there. You have been elected to go into that dumpster and find what you need to find. Now I had a choice at that point in time to be a slave or to be free, what am I called to do? I'm called to work hard as unto God, go into the dumpster, finding that as unto God. Right? I crawled into the dumpster, I found what needed to be found, and came out and went on my way. You say, but that's not right. That's not the issue. I crawled in there as a free man. I came out as a free man. And I didn't say to the boss afterward, you dirty, rotten, whatever. Went about and did the rest of my job. See, I was free. Well, you say that wasn't right. That's not the issue. See, Satan's desire is for us to live in slavery, and he will do everything in his power to keep us in slavery. And Christ came to give freedom, freedom from sin and freedom from the bondage of sin. So Ruth Ann may say to me, Dan, you need to change. Now, do I respond as a free man or do I respond as a slave? If I'm a slave, I'll say, well, if I need to change, you need to change. Change. Now, if I'm responding as a free man, she says, Dan, you need to change. I say, honey, what do I need to change? How am I not loving you? How am I not leading you? How am I not nurturing you? See, now I'm responding as a free man because the focus is in myself and what God has called me to do and not lashing out at her. The other day I was doing something at the house. I don't remember what I was doing, but I thought, I'll use a screwdriver. And I used a screwdriver, and it bent a little, and I thought, well, it bent a little, I'll bend it a little bit more, but it still didn't work. I used that screwdriver as a slave, rather than as a free screwdriver. I used it contrary to its design. What was the result? It ceases to be useful as a screwdriver. Well, you say, try to bend it straight. You can't get it exactly like it was. Now think about that. How many of us are trying to be something other than what God designed us to be? And in the process, we become slaves. Slaves. We see it every day in so many ways. It was present in Mark's gospel as the religious leaders had all kinds of rules that God never designed. And they were trying to make people and use them in the wrong way and in the process destroying them. Are you free? As a husband, as a man, as a father, as a mother, as a wife, as a woman. Are you free as a student? Are you free as a member of the body of Christ? Because you're living according to God's design. Christ came to bring freedom. And we'll discuss that in more detail next week. The enemy already had the world in slavery because of Adam and Eve walking away from freedom into slavery. Christ came as a second Adam to give freedom. Are you free? If not, just live according to the design, the structure, the pattern that God made. First of all, coming to faith in him and then living out that design day by day. Let's pray together. father thank you for your word we know that you designed the universe in genesis 1 and 2 to be free but we know that in genesis 3 the fall came and that brought all kinds of slavery and bondage but christ came to bring freedom may you give us a grasp of what it means to be truly free and then as we consider Christ and the freedom that he brings may we grow an understanding that you love us, you care for us, you design us to live in with a certain structure within a certain design and within a certain pattern and that's when we're really free may we as believers be living lives of freedom in our day by day living. For it's in Christ's name I pray.